Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Read Like a Girl podcast. I know you have been waiting a while, quite a while, in fact, for the second episode of this podcast to air, and I definitely have some explaining to do. When I started this podcast, I toyed a lot with the idea of how it would take shape, especially in the midst of a global pandemic. And it just hasn't been possible to interview any guests on the show. And when I tried doing that via Zoom and contacting people from all over the world, the sound was off, the vibe was off. I just really wasn't nailing what I wanted out of this podcast. Read Like a Girl is an idea I had to create a podcast where I could talk about female authors, their stories, characters, and really just celebrate great books that I think women will love. So I started interviewing friends and I built a format for this show, but I just wasn't digging it. There were lags in the audio, we were talking over one another, and it just really didn't feel like it was working the way that I wanted it to. So here we are. I'm back for episode two, the long-awaited episode two. And I'm sure you're wondering, well, Brooke, if you can't interview anyone, well, what is it going to be about then? Instead of interviewing other people, I have decided to make this what is called a solo cast. In other words, a solo podcast, at least for the time being, while I can't be in a space where I can interview people one-on-one. Instead of visiting other people's favorite books, I'm going to speak about a different book each week, which will also give you and I, as in you, the listener, a better platform to really dissect and discuss these books that I think really can change your life. But maybe they won't. Maybe they're just really good stories or maybe they're written by women that have a really good story themselves. Whatever the case, I'm only ever going to share with you books that I know you will love and that I loved too. It's kind of like a traditional book club where you go off and you read the book and then you come back and you talk about it. Except the only big difference is that I will be the only one doing the talking, which I should have no problem with since I love talking about books. But I I would also love for you to be involved so go ahead and go and visit www.worldofwonderlust.com and sign up for our book club newsletter it's in the top right hand side of the screen it's really easy you just put in your name and your email that way you will get my book recommendations via email ahead of time and then you can come back and listen to the podcast plus you can respond to me via email at any time and let me know what you thought of the books and that way there will be a kind of two-way street where I can integrate other people's reviews and reactions to the books in this podcast, even though I will be the only one doing the talking. Today's episode is about an author that I absolutely adore, and I'm sure you have probably already heard of her. Her name is Leanne Moriarty. She is a woman from Australia who wrote the very famous book, Big Little Lies. Now, of course, this went on to become an equally successful HBO series with the likes of Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, and even Meryl Streep herself makes an appearance in the second season. I'm not going to lie to you. I did watch the TV series before I read the book. And while I don't do this often, I'm normally a stickler for reading the book first. And if I love the book, I'll watch the series. But I think the phrase, the book was better than the film or 
the book was better than the TV series, is quite outdated nowadays. Certainly it used to be the case, but with so many big budget films and TV series being produced, which I believe is a product of all the new streaming services available, now you will often hear people say that the film adaption was just as good as the book, and I certainly believe this is true of Big Little Lies. But this being a reading podcast... I want to break down for you why I thought Big Little Lies, the book, was such a success. I think this topic for a podcast will be very interesting for anyone who is considering writing their own novel or maybe you just love books as much as I do. And I'm guessing if you're a listener to this show, well, then you probably do. Okay, so I'm going to start with what I personally loved about this book and hopefully describe it to you for a little backstory in the off chance that you haven't, in which case I would highly recommend that you do after listening to this podcast, go and read the book. Now, I promise there will be no spoilers. I won't give anything away. The book is so worth reading and diving into yourself. But these are the things that I personally loved about this book and I think you will love too. First of all, Leanne Moriarty is a female writer. So that is in itself an obvious win. Now, the publishing industry has typically been very male-dominated until recent years. So for me, I think it's great to see a writer in the mystery drama category who is a female and has had so much success because especially this area of publishing has been very male author heavy. And it's nice to see a woman going out there, writing something in that category and finding so much success. Second of all, there are five strong female characters at the center of this book. Well, there are actually more characters in the book that don't make it to the show, but there's definitely five strong female characters that really drive the story. And I'm so happy to see this in modern literature. Often you will find a strong female character is often uh, counteracted or balanced with male characters characters who are also dominating or have really strong lead roles but this series and the book itself are so female driven and sure the characters are complicated and complex and sometimes you might not agree with their actions or complacency but the fact that this novel centers around five strong female characters is definitely something worth noting. Both Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman were producers on the film, which again, I think is great to see happening in the film industry. And Reese Witherspoon herself has been working on some really great shows. I also loved, if you haven't seen it already, Little Fires Everywhere, which is also based off a book. And Reese Witherspoon is also at the center of that series, which I really, really love. But it's just great to see women out there in these industries in the entertainment industry especially, really, you know, doing their thing. This book does cover some really important topics that can sometimes, I think, be considered taboo, like domestic abuse is at the heart of the book, uh, as is murder, which are two typically very touchy subjects, um, but they're really written about in this book in such a humorous and lighthearted way that it makes them, I suppose, more palatable. And don't get me wrong, domestic abuse is a very serious issue, and I think 
link in the book. It is covered in depth and it goes really well into this. But the way that Leon Moriarty is able to keep the dialogue especially quite tongue-in-cheek, I think really makes this, I don't know, kind of a breakthrough, I guess, in writing about these subjects. The last thing that I really love about this book is how relatable these characters are. I mean, the quirks and the human elements are so raw and real. Now, I'm not a mum, so I can't really speak too much for all of the mum jokes and um, characteristics that these women have. But even then, I still definitely notice some characteristics and traits in these women that I have seen in women in my life that I have either grown up with throughout high school or parent figures or friends of your parents. Like, it's really amazing the way that she is able to describe these characters and go off and explore their little idiosyncrasies. It's so well written and yeah, I really can't speak any more highly of this book. Now, I don't want to give too much away here on this podcast. So I would suggest that you go ahead and read the book if you haven't already. It is such a standout for me. And now that I have read Leon Moriarty's book, Big Little Lies, I have taken to reading her book, The Husband's Secret. And this is set to become a film with Blake Lively as the lead. I'm sure it will be just as big, just as celebrated. Um, the other book that Leon has written, which has also been picked up for a TV series, is Nine Perfect Strangers. Now, I find this relationship that Leon Moriarty, the author, has with Nicole Kidman just fascinating. I think it's so wonderful to see women supporting women. And after Big Little Lies was such a hit, Nicole Kidman then returned to Leon Moriarty and said, Oh my gosh, I love Nine Perfect Strangers. I want to take this to TV series adaption and they bought the rights and it's now becoming another huge series. And there's some really famous Australian actors and actresses in that TV series as well. Now that book was set like Big Little Lies, Big Little Lies. Some people don't actually know this if you haven't read the book, but the book itself is set in the Northern shores of Sydney. But of course in the television series, the HBO adaption, it is set in Monterey, California. So the one thing I do love about Nine Perfect Strangers being picked up for film adaption or TV adaption is that it is sticking true to its roots and going to be filmed in Australia. So I think that's really exciting. It is set to be released in 2021, which is still a little while away for everyone to wait. But since there's not much happening this year in 2020, and we all need something to look forward to, that is definitely something that I will be looking forward to myself. Now, I think what is so amazing with this story is not just Big Little Lies itself, but the fact that a fairly new author on the scene has taken to great success in Hollywood. They have just you know, eaten her up. And before the book became a TV adaption, Leanne Moriarty's books were already bestsellers. They were already succeeding. And it's just like one success has led to the other. And I love seeing someone like that just blow up. Their success just goes from one strength to strength and it goes from one end to the other, you know. And to now see that continued success just carrying on, I think is 
so wonderful to see, especially I think as an Australian myself, I have a soft spot for seeing Australian, especially Australian women really succeeding and finding their strengths and going after their passions. Now, this brings me to the next point I want to make, which is that Leanne Moriarty wasn't always an author. And I don't think this podcast would be a podcast if I just talked about books. So I want to talk about this for a moment, this idea of only ever having one purpose in life and only ever taking one path and and sticking on that path and sticking true to it, which is, of course, not what I believe at all. But you and I both can, I'm sure, say that society has led us to believe that we are supposed to choose a career when we are young and pursue that career and pursue it with great persistence. And even as women, I think I'm quite grateful to be living in the 21st century where we can have a career. But I think men or women aside, where we go wrong is thinking that we can only have one goal in life or one career or one identifiable career that we tell everyone that is what we do and that is who we are. And so often jobs do define us. But I love that this woman who had a career in advertising copywriting, she worked in uh, writing advertising copy and then later went out to run her own company. She was doing some freelance writing. And then what happened was, so the story goes, and I've looked into this, so please forgive me if any facts are wrong, but I don't think they are. But it was actually her sister published her first book. And that is what encouraged Leanne to finally go out and chase her dream. So she was much older when she actually went and found success for something that she was really passionate about. And so the story goes that she was very passionate about writing, especially when she was a lot younger. But as things usually go, life got in the way. Her career was taking off elsewhere. So she was going down a different path. Um, Of course, being a woman in her 40s, she was also having kids and had a husband and a whole life going on. But She turned that around and one day said, hey, you know what? I really want to do this. I want to write. I'm going to go and take my master's degree at Macquarie University. She went, she did it. She wrote this novel, the first novel that she ever wrote, which was called Three Wishes. So she wrote that at university that got picked up for publishing. And then a few books later, a little bit further down the line, she found great success with The Husband's Secret. And then that, of course, came before Big Little Lies, which went exceptionally well. So did Truly Madly Guilty, and then finally her latest book, Nine Perfect Strangers. So the point I'm trying to make, I hope you guys are following along with me here, is that although you have taken one career path till this point in your life, it doesn't mean that that has to be it. Now, I'm not saying to go and quit your job and come back and tell me how bad of an idea that was, but I do think that we are all destined for so much more than one thing. I myself have lived by this philosophy and so far I've had a career in travel writing, which I have loved enormously. It has been such a time in my life to be able to go out and explore the world and find a way to get paid to do it. That's been incredible. But then a few years ago, I wanted to feel more settled. I wanted to build a home somewhere, have a, have a life, have a community, be close to my family. So I decided to move back to Tasmania, which is where I was born. And I started thinking, well, what am I going to do? I have been traveling for the last six or seven years. I 
don't know what I'm going to do if I'm not traveling. I almost felt like I'd lost my identity. But then I remembered that there's so many other things that I'm interested in. And the next thing that came to mind was desserts. Now, I've been a vegetarian for 15 years now. So desserts for me are like, I don't mean to be dramatic here but they're the only meal that I don't get ripped off on when was the last time you saw bacon in a dessert so for me desserts have always been that part of the menu when I go out for dinner where I'm always subject to a lot of choice I can choose whatever I want on the dessert menu and whenever I go out for dinner or breakfast or lunch I will always find that I only have one or two options on the menu that's vegetarian so I started thinking I love desserts I eat a lot of desserts I I'm very much an advocate for sweet things. And I think I got that from my mother. And I started thinking, okay, well, I love desserts, but what what can I do about desserts? Well, maybe I'm going to open a dessert restaurant, which I did. So I had this crazy idea. A few months later, I had found a place in my hometown to lease this space, which didn't have a commercial kitchen. It didn't have any kitchen. We had to raise the floors. We had to do so much stuff to make this retail space turned into a commercial kitchen with a large enough dining area for about 20 or 30 customers. So I launched this bakery having no experience in baking other than the fact that I like eating sweets. And I thought to myself, okay, I can do this. I can watch YouTube tutorials. I ended up flying to Paris and every year thereafter, I would return to Paris with the sole purpose of picking up a new skill. So I'd fly to Paris each year. One year I learned how to make croissants and breakfast pastries. Another year I mastered macarons in a number of classes. And I basically just combined my love for travel, but I didn't want to go anywhere with my love for sweets and created a menu that was based off the best desserts around the world. So I opened this bakery, no idea what I'm doing. It is so successful and I almost hate it at this point. I mean, it is, it's taking over my life. It ended up killing a relationship that I had at the time, quite a long one. And it just completely took over my life, but I absolutely loved it. I loved the thrill of it. I loved creating this concept. I loved managing staff, having the menus, customer feedback. I just loved business. So then six months later, I thought to myself, well, I'm pretty comfortable now. I I know what I'm doing in this bakery. It's pretty cruisy. I'm not working 16 hours a day anymore. I've somehow managed to cut it back to 12. Maybe I should do something else. And it was very successfully financially, thank goodness, because I put everything I had into this business. And so I decided to go out and get a second business. So I bought a bridal store knowing nothing about bridal retail. I mean, I have never been married. I have only been to a couple of weddings in my life. One was my sister's. I knew nothing about weddings, but I found this business that was for sale. It was beautiful. I wanted to do it up and make it even more beautiful. And I wanted to create this experience of this bridal store where you go in and you have a real experience like ones that you would see on Bridesmaids, the movie. Um, So this was my idea going into it, having absolutely no idea what I'm doing. But I thought, you know what? I want to try something new. So I did it. And three and a half years later, I still have that business. I have tried another couple of business. Not all of them have worked. I will say that much. Um, Nothing has really failed, but not all of them have worked as well as that. And now I'm working towards launching a brand new travel app 
which will launch sometime next year. So what I'm trying to say to you, and I hope you're connecting the dots here, is from my experience, you're never destined to do just one thing. I think that's why people feel unfulfilled. They reach a point in their career, whether it's young or older in the piece or, you know, early days starting out at something that you've graduated at university, wherever you are, if you're feeling stagnant, it's for a reason. I think it's the universe or your body or your intuition telling you to try something new. And that's why I love Leanne Moriarty's story because she had a career, she had it really going on, but there was this calling within her that she wanted to write novels. And clearly you can see that she was so incredibly successful from this that I think you can see that if you if you have a calling for something and you feel a passion and something is calling your name, you should try it. And that doesn't mean you have to go out and quit your job, not right now anyway, but to at least get the wheels turning and in motion. And I hope if nothing else from this Read Like a Girl podcast today, you take away from that that we aren't meant to be boxed into one career or one characteristic or one interest. People are multifaceted. You can have so many more interests. The real trick is to go out there and give them all a try. Wow. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. Please go ahead and sign up for the book club. Just head over to www.worldofwonderlust.com. It's up in the top right-hand corner. Feel free to write back to that first email you get and let me know what you think of the podcast, any books you're loving, any books you thought were overrated. Get in touch. I can't wait to hear from you guys and I will see you in the next episode.